Hello, I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast, sponsored by Michelin 12209 Digital Double Barrel Foot Pump, perfect for car tyres and bouncy castles. On these shows, I look at the songs of Iron Maiden and how they influenced me growing up in 1980s and 1990s Birmingham. This week, I'm looking at Tail Gunner, which is track one on the No Prayer for the Dying album. Last time round, we did a comeback special. That was the first new episode for several months. And I've had a few comments about that show. I've had quite a few people congratulating me on my insights about Death of the Counts being similar to The Klansman. So many people got in touch saying they'd never noticed this before. And thanks, Wayne. That's okay. Someone went as far as to say, oh my gosh. But they put OMG for short. So that was exciting. There was a lot of interest about the question, if the parchment was a pudding, what would it be? And Joe Duncan from Aberdeen said, it'd be an arctic roll, because the sponge is the soft intro to the song, the ice cream is the solid middle, and the fast bit is a hurrying to eat the ice cream before it melts. Daniel Davis also got in touch, and he said the parchment reminds him of the never-ending hypnotic swirl of jam in a jam roly-poly. So thanks for that. Now you may remember that Trevor said that it reminded him of Eaton Mess and I came up with bread and butter pudding with custard which I think was a very good suggestion. However, Martin Hayes got in touch and said is bread and butter pudding the same as spotted dick? And I know what you're trying to do here. This is a trick, isn't it? You may remember that I told you in the Drifter episode how I was fooled into saying I like dick at school after I went to see the pantomime Dick Whittington. And you'd think that after I confided this to you, this inner secret, that you'd be more respectful. And this is why I find it hard to open up for people. So I'm not going to go down that route and I'm not going to comment about Spotted Dick. It's a bit disappointing that I've got to start the new series and a new era of the podcast with this at the back of my mind. Luckily, I've had a message from Mr Anagram. And he says that Tail Gunner is an anagram of alien grunt. So that's good, isn't it? And that's a great start to the series. That'll quash the doubters who think that the quality might go downhill after the break I've had. So there you go. Let's put it back on track. So thanks, Mr. Anagram. As you know, we're now looking at the 1990s and it's a new decade and a new era for Iron Maiden with Adrian Smith leaving the band and Yannick Gers replacing him on guitar. It was a new era for me as well, a big boy school. And you may ask, will Iron Maiden still feature in my life as I become a teenager? So it's going to be nice to rediscover this decade, I hope. And Tail Gunner's quite a nice start. Now Tail Gunner is somebody on a military plane gunning down potential attacks from the rear. And you may have worked that out from the name Tail and Gunner put together. But I wasn't sure of this at the time and I felt that I was a bit of a Tail Gunner at my new school. At my old school I was nearer the top of the class but now I seemed behind people. We had to sit in rows in alphabetical order of name and I was near the back of the class so I was also literally behind people as well as academically behind them. So I was a bit like a tail gunner in the classroom taking aim at my classmates in front of me with my scowl and frown. At primary school I was a bit different and I stood out and I liked the fact that I was a fan of Iron Maiden. Among these new boys and girls I felt like I wanted to fit in more but they liked Michael Jackson's and the Pet Shop Boy so this wasn't good. There were some people from my primary school, though, who went to the same big boys' school as me. Mahmood the Penguin Khan was one, and he went to the school as well. But he wasn't called the Penguin anymore, 
I tried to tell people he was called the Penguin, but I was ignored. And the bigger boys, they just barged into me in the corridors, and I couldn't endear myself to them using the hand under the armpit trick. You know. Yeah, that. What's wrong with people? These tactics no longer worked, and I was alone in this new, strange world. Trevor was there, though, but he spent most of playtime looking through the window at the French teaching assistant. Fiona Gregory was there as well, but she hung around with girls. You might remember Thomas Spencer from the 80s series. Well, he didn't go to this school. He went to the boys' grammar school. We used to see him going past upstairs on the bus, blazer and tie and a big, bright, healthy smile. And he'd stick his tongue out or throw sweets at me out the window. Anyway, this album came out at the beginning of my third year at Big Boy School, or year nine, as they call it today. Even though I've been there two years, I still felt this way, a bit like a tail gunner at the back and behind. As I've said though, a tail gunner is actually a military person in a plane, flying at the back and gunning planes down that approach from the rear. So this opener is about planes and war, like Ace's High from the Power Slave album. The song starts off with chugger chugger notes, a bit like the clairvoyance or the number of the beast. And then it kicks in with what I think is quite an iconic sounding riff. It's like something from classic rock groups like The Who. It reminds me a bit of a plane revving up and then taking off into the sky, which is appropriate of course. In 1990, there was a game called Wings that was on the Commodore Amiga and probably other platforms. I didn't have an Amiga yet, that came later, but Michael Patterson had one as an upgrade for his Amstrad that someone spilt pop over. Oh yeah, Michael Patterson also went to the same big boy school. Anyway, Wings was a game where you piloted planes, but this was around the First World War era. But I still used to play this and I'd hum the music to Tailgunner making sure that I didn't lose concentration in the game and accidentally shoot the medical tents on the ground below. The first lyrics we hear are trace you way back 50 years. years. So now, this would have to be nearer 80, wouldn't it? If they sung it live, they'd have to say, trace you way back 80 years. Um, And that's actually quite scary, because if you do some maths, this means the album's actually over 30 years old now. I wonder if they'd change the lyrics like this, if they did perform it live. That's probably why they haven't played it so much live. I mean, imagine Bruce singing Trace Your Way Back 77 and a Half Years. That'd be silly. I don't think the band would delay that section, would they, while Bruce sings it? Unless he ups his syllables per second rate, of course. And you may have worked out that if you do Trace Your Way Back 50 Years from the release in 1990, this would be 1940. So that's World War II. So that's the era that the song's about. There's a line, who shot who and who fired first. At the time, I wondered if this was a reference to Adrian Levy, who was responsible. The intro and the verses are quite nice. It's going well so far, this 90s business. I don't know what everyone's moaning about. There's a good energy. But part of me thinks that the change into the chorus lets it down a bit. It seems to, it seems to lose momentum somehow. Uh, I don't know if it's because of the harmonies. They're a bit... I don't know, a bit like some of the weaker bits, for me, in Peace of Mind. Those choruses. So 
So while it's about war and planes, there's also references to the atomic bomb and the Cold War, which I've looked at before in Two Minutes to Midnight. And there's similar things here about power and who controls things. And and like those pilots we've heard about before, the tail gunner doesn't question why he's there, just never wonders why, just goes along with it. There's some nice instrumental bits, and I can hear a bit of that groove that they did in Wrathchild, although you can't really do that left-right, left-right turnaround and clap to this, because you might end up looking a bit silly. So I don't recommend it. And of course, we get to hear the first Yannick Gurr solo. Listen to this. pleased to see that they've stuck with the traditional Gers then Murray, which of course isn't traditional at this stage, but those of you paying attention will notice that it's in alphabetical order, like most of the solos when they go one after the other. Then we get what seems to be a rude word. It begins with an F. It rhymes with Joe Cocker. Some people think this might be a swear word, but others might think it's the name of a plane from that time. But then some people argue that the plane with this name that begins with an F and rhymes with Joe Cocker, was around before 1940, and therefore the song can't be about this plane, and I made and spelt it this way to avoid one of those parental advisory sticker labels being put on the CD. Despite it not being the swear word that begins with an F and rhymes with Joe Cocker, it's still marked as explicit on Spotify, even though it's spelt differently, and if you look at the lyrics on Spotify when you listen along, they're spelt it the same way as the plane. I'm not going to say the word out loud, because... I want this podcast to be a family podcast and uh, I don't want that sort of thing. You know, it's, whether it's a rude word or a plain, even if I say it, people might get the wrong idea. And I don't want that. It's nice to have Yannick Gurr's solo, isn't it? Something different to look at in the 1990s. You know, when we consider the last five albums or whatever had the same lineup. So, uh, yeah, something new, I suppose. And here's something else new. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. Hello, I'm Yannick Gers from Iron Maiden, and this is a new series called Getting Jiggy With It. I'll be talking a bit about my passion for dance, which I know some of you fans like to focus on. You may know that before I was in Iron Maiden, I did some other guitar work. In the late 80s, I wasn't doing so much, and one morning I was just sitting in the garden, eating my crab paste sandwiches like, and I got a call from my agent. He said he got some possible work for us. I said, what sort of work? He said, working with fish. I thought he meant one of them new jobs at Tymouth Aquarium in North Shields. I said, I'm not working at Tymouth Aquarium in North Shields. He said, no, I mean fish, we used to be in Marillion. So I went for the audition like, and there was fish standing there, very tall he was, and he asked me my name, and I said, Yannick Gers. And I said, what do you want me to do like? And he said, most people do Cayley. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. So I said, what will you do when I do Cayley? And he said, I'll join in. So I said, great. So I took his hand and I put him in position. I tapped my heel with my outside foot, walked forward three steps, turned round and walked back to him. I took his hand again and jumped and kicked my foot out. And that's when I realised something was wrong. What are you doing? He asked. Cayley, I said. It's a military two-step. No, not that sort of Cayley, Fish said. I mean Cayley, the song by Marillion. I said, I'm not playing that shite. You're hired, he said. And we became the best of friends. 
it into humidity. Okay, well now potty mouthy Annick has used a swear word. I'm going to have to adjust my podcast settings, aren't I, to show explicit content for this episode? If I don't, I'll get a nasty letter from Apple. I bet they'd be straight in there, wouldn't they? Threatening to pull the podcast over it. But when I ask them to change the podcast from comedy to music history, I get nothing. Right, well, in that case, now he's done that, I'm just going to say the line, nail that fucker then. And then I'll let you decide if it's a plain or a derogatory term. Now that fucker, kill that son. That's what they say. Okay, well, if there's going to be ambiguity on that, then is kill that son, is that somebody's son or is it the sun in the sky? I don't think you can kill that sort of sun in the sky. Maybe it's like a symbolic thing, like killing hope or plunging everything into darkness or, or maybe about climate change. Maybe we should question the spelling on all their lyrics. They got Revelation wrong, didn't they? On the back covers and 1982 and 1983, they put Revelations. So that was wrong and... Yeah, maybe it was a Walkman staring back at Bruce that once. Talking of Bruce, it's his lyrics in the song, because it was written by Harris and Dickinson. And I think the lyrics here are quite basic for him, not with that detail we've seen before. And you might remember that he wrote Back in the Village, which has got similar themes and vibes to this. I've looked at the definition of Tailgunner, being someone in the military at the back of the plane, or me at the back of a classroom. But it could also be someone behind the times, and the song asked the question, do we need a bummer with all the technology we've got? And that was the case 50 years ago, or 80 years ago, sorry, as it is now. They've got that line at the end, no more bummers, one big bomb. That's quite scary, isn't it? As I said, the song was written by Bruce and Steve Harris. And here is Steve Harris. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. I'm enjoying a new album. I told everyone in the maiden camp I wanted that back to basics vibe. And generally it's gone well. I'm a bit disappointed that Rod took it literally. We've ended up with supermarket own brand products on the tour rider. I don't want to drink quick save beer after a show. And Nico won't eat licorice all sorts unless they're Bassett's. It's been nice to write a few songs with Bruce this time. Got things done quickly. It's only happened once before. Only the good die young. Oh, and Black Bart Blues, of course. We better not mention those songs we did on Number of the Beast. We'd usually have Adrian writing with us, of course. We've got through changes before. Yannick's got a nice energy. I told him to shorten his hair a few centimetres, as mine's got to be the longest. Something to keep an eye on. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. There's a couple of names mentioned at the end of the song in the final verse. There's one called Tail End Charlie. Um, which sounds like a good nickname, doesn't it? But sadly, there was nobody called Charlie at my school because it was seen as an old-fashioned name then. It's probably back in fashion now. Probably more popular than Wayne. Although I hope this podcast will change that. Maybe Wayne will move up in the, the first name charts. I think Tail End Charlie was called this because he was a pilot at the back rather than anything to do with cricket because Tail End is something there, isn't it? I was a tail ender in cricket, which means you're going last to bat. But this wasn't because I was mainly a bowler, like some people. I was just rubbish. I was called Reject instead of Tail End Wayne. There's also a reference to Enola Gay. And uh, at the time, maybe I didn't know what this was. And there's no one called Enola at my school. 
Although I found out that gay used to be a girl's name. But like the name Fanny, it isn't used much now because it means something else. It was popular in the olden days. Funnily enough, gay and Fanny were nicknames at school. But not for me, and not with reference to this song either. Uh, but nobody had these as their actual name. In all of gay, I know now, was the name of the plane that dropped the bomb on Hiroshima. And it was also a hit for stark Liverpool synth-poppers, orchestral manoeuvres in the dark, or OMD for short. Tailgun is a funny song because there's an official video for it, but it's like a live performance. Despite this, it just sounds like the studio version, with some crowd noise tacked on at the beginning. It's quite shadowy, and there's lights on the hands. And it's one of those videos where it looks like Bruce has had his hair cut by his mum, if you look at the fringe. They played it live a fair few times, um, and of course it's been on a couple of live albums. I prefer the live at Donington version, which sounds more raw, but I think it's better than the one on real live one. I prefer that rawness, even though it might not be as well produced. As you may already know, the 1990s are not seen as one of the better periods of Iron Maiden. I think it's safe to say a lot of people would see this as their weakest album so far. With this in mind, I don't think Tailgunner is a bad song. It's a decent opener, though it has got some flaws. I mean, you can't compare it to the likes of Aces High, Where Eagles Dare or Caught Somewhere in Time. It's clearly worse than those. But then, is it their worst opener to date? That's an interesting question. Maybe it is. I think it's still a 7 out of 10 song, though. Maybe a bit more. Maybe that's a bit harsh. Right, I'm going to give Trevor a ring. See how he's getting on. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Trevor. How are you doing? All right, thanks. Happy New Year. Oh, yeah, same to you. Uh, any resolutions? Nah, don't bother with that. OK. What about you? Yeah, well, just, just the podcast, really. Hoping to keep that going for most of the year. Oh, right, yeah, good. So what have you been up to lately? Well, yeah, I've been watching a lot of telly. There's a new He-Man on Netflix. Is that? Yeah, it's rubbish. Why's that, then? Because Skeletor's got a new voice. I can't do it. Well, you struggled with the old one, didn't you? You could only do one catchphrase, which wasn't actually a catchphrase. Yeah, but still a hit at parties. OK. But there's a new Emily in Paris out, so that's good. OK. Yeah, I think you've mentioned that before, haven't you? Yeah, looking forward to it. OK, well, anyway, uh, we're talking about Tail Gunner, so uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I like it. Well, that's a shock, isn't it? What do you mean? Well, uh, I suppose, yes, that's a sort of good reaction to it, isn't it? That's what we all think. Most people like it. I don't know. Do people go crazy for it? Well, I remember getting quite excited. I used to play around in the garden and say, I'm Trevor the Tail Gunner. Well, you, you can't, you've done that before. You can't say this for every song beginning with a T. It might have been charming in the 80s series, but I don't think you did this really. Not like Trevor the Trooper. And it'd have been, it'd have been about 13 when this came out. I did do it. I wasn't all self-conscious and uptight like you. I still played with my toys. All right. Yeah, well, anyway, it's a decent start to the album. Good momentum. I think it could have been a good single. I mean, they released three off Seventh Son album, so they should have done the same on this one. Yeah, maybe. OK, well, let's have a poem then. Well, that's quick, isn't it? We normally have a long chat now. Have you forgotten? Well, no, we have a quick chat and then that's a poem. That's That's been the case from the beginning. Yeah, well, it was at the beginning, but... As time went on, I seemed to get more time. Well, have you got a poem? Yeah, I have. But I was hoping to offer more thoughts on it. OK, well, what are your thoughts on Yannick, then? Yeah, well, hard to judge on one song. But uh, I remember at the time, it was quite pressure, wasn't it? It felt like being a football manager when you've got a brand new player 
replacing a star who's been at the club for a while. You don't know how he's going to fit in. And you worry that the crowd may turn on you if you keep picking him. Um, and from this song, I suppose we can only hope he can keep his place after you know what could be a shaky start. A shaky start? Well, he did keep his place. We know what happened. Oh, yeah. Well, I was just thinking about it in different ways. OK, well, maybe it's best we do go to the poem. Uh, I take it you've got one about Tail Gunner. Yeah, I have. It's a good one. OK, well, that's good. Right. I always flew behind you, content as a shadow, filled with awe. Followed you up to a bright new place I'd never soared before. Wrapped up in your collar, the softness of your plume. And even nature stepped aside to let your beauty bloom. I never saw you flying further away. Now I'm left with broken echoes. The rainbow fades and clouds of grey. Lumo walks through lonely meadows. A cow assume that's about Pamela. Yeah, it is. How I felt when I was with her. I let her sort of lead things and maybe I was in awe of her. It's quite a sad poem, but also... I think it's a good tribute to her. What's that bit at the end about lawnmowers? What? You said something like lawnmower walks through lonely meadows. What, did you go walking with a lawnmower? No, not lawnmower. It's loom over. It's like loom over, but I've removed the V from over, so it's over. What? It's poetic. Wordsworth did it. Oh, Wordsworth. Yeah. He was a friend of Coleridge. Should be careful on an Iron Maiden podcast. What you say about Wordsworth? I don't think so. I don't think many Iron Maiden fans would leap to the defence of Wordsworth just because he was friends with Samuel Taylor Coleridge. I know his full name. Good. OK, well, thanks for the poem. It did seem quite poetic, so that's good. A good start to the 90s. Thanks. So I suppose you're going to mention your poetry book? Yeah, volume two out now. It's in the Ko-Fi shop. You can buy it. I mean, by the time this goes out, it might be sold out. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, you can still get volume one. I found some old copies. And maybe if you're new to the show, you can get one and two as a package deal. OK. Yeah, it's quite exciting, isn't it? Selling poetry. Maybe I'll do commissions for Valentine's Day. 50p a line. 50p a line? Yeah, that's quite good, isn't it? That shows inflation from school days. I don't remember you doing this at school. No. This was other people. They used to charge, didn't they? If you used to get a hundred lines from the teacher, we had to write out the same thing a hundred times. Like, I will not steal pencil cases. Michael Patterson used to offer to do it for you, charging 2p a line. So he'd write it out. And he got £2 from bad boys. But then Scruffy Taylor did the same. And he only charged 1p. He put Michael Patterson out of business. It was hardly a business, was it? Well, he couldn't compete and go as low as that. He had overheads. Overheads? Yeah, and resources, like paper and ink. Scruffy Taylor was happy with a pound. He was a scav. You can't say Scruffy Taylor was a scav on a podcast. I got 500 lines once, and Michael Patterson was upset that I didn't go to him. But you've got to shop around, haven't you? It was like a precursor to the baked bean price war in the 1990s. What baked bean price war? Don't you remember when they went down to nine pence in Aldi? Other shops couldn't compete. Okay, well, thanks for that. Um, yeah. Have we gone to this? Don't know. From my book. Yeah, that sounds about right. 
Okay, well, next week it's Holy Smoke. So, uh, yeah, maybe keep up the standard of your poetry. That, that'd be good. And, uh, yeah, get thinking about that. Holy Smoke, the first single, of course. Yeah, looking forward to it. Nice to be back. Yeah, it is. But uh, let's hope people have made it this far, after your nonsense. Sure they have. This is the highlights for some people. Okay, well, see you soon. Okay, thanks, Wayne. Bye. Okay, we can find me in all the places you could before. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Wayne Maiden. I've got a Facebook page, Instagram, and a Ko-Fi page, ko-fi.com forward slash wimp. And, uh, yeah, I might start doing some more posts there as well. So that'd be nice. Get back into it. I've had some comments since last time, and... Uh, Goldie Wilson's been in touch. And you may have noticed that over the Christmas break, there are a couple of episodes of Adrian reading from his children's book, which are compilation episodes. But of course, Goldie Wilson was an happy. He said, where were chapters three? He was hoping that this would be the perfect opportunity to include them as a bonus special and to make his Christmas. But as a result, he didn't enjoy his Christmas and this didn't help matters. So I'm sorry to hear that, Goldie Wilson, but hopefully... This episode and, and the new year will bring greater things. I've also had a nice message from Ron Kramer on Facebook. And this was in December. And he sent the message to Trevor saying to ignore all the haters and that his poems are spot on. Nothing more or less than needed. And laser precision. Those are nice comments, aren't they? So thanks for those. It's a shame they're a bit too late to have us quotes on his book. But never mind, still welcome. So that's Tailgunner then. First track of the album. Yeah, not bad, as I said earlier. Maybe I've changed my opinion over, over the episode. I said 7 out of 10 before. Maybe I'd push that up to a 7.5 or even an 8. But that sounds quite generous when you consider the whole Iron Maiden back catalogue. Is it really an 8 out of 10 song? I don't know. Um, maybe if I look at it in pudding terms, it's a bit easier. Uh, maybe it's a bit like a standard rice pudding, which is good, of course. Um, you know, basic Iron Maiden, that's what we want. And... Uh, Probably just right without those extra touches. I don't want jam in it or currants. Just just nice rice pudding as it is, and that's good enough for me. And tail gunner's good enough for me. So there you go. Um, yeah. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. And the next week we've got Holy Smoke. That's nice. The first single from the album. Look forward to that and hope to see you then. So thanks for listening. Bye-bye.